the Holy Spirit was poured out. Jesus knows. Jesus, the Son of God, acknowledges. He says, most assuredly I say to you who believes in me and the works I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. You need the power of this Holy Spirit that is poured out for you to do the work. You can't do it yourself. And you can't do it if you're living and walking in the flesh. God won't even see you. And then when that day comes and you go before God, he says, get away from me. I don't know you. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. But the churches are full of people that are going to hear that because they're not only lying to themselves, but their pastors have lied to them. What they believe is a lie. Sin is horrible. It keeps you away from God. The Holy Spirit comes in to convict you of your sin. And the wonderful thing is, God has grace. He said, forgive you. He'll pour out his mercy on us and he'll give you an opportunity to repent. He'll give you an opportunity to come back into his family. When he sees a truly repented heart, he forgives you. And then when you cry out, and tell them you want this anointing, this power, this glory from on high, this Holy Spirit that not only dwells in you when you became saved and baptized into Jesus, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit gives you this extra power to go out and do His work because that's what we're all called to do is the work of Jesus. None of us are here for any other reason but to do what Jesus tells us to do God. and to do his work. Bless you. Because if we believe in Christ, we are citizens of heaven. So our end game is heaven. It's not here. It's there with Jesus. It's there rejoicing. It's there where you're, you're going to sing all day. You're going to worship God. You're going to live in mansions and gold lined streets. But it's not easy. That road is narrow. Jesus tells us the road to heaven isn't wide. It is narrow. And none of us know the time when we're going to meet Jesus face to face. But someday it's coming. So when the Holy Spirit came that day and poured out himself, it became the birthday of the church. Because we look what happens in Acts chapter 2. 
verse 22, and Peter gets up and he says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he could be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I should not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh will also rest in the hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Peter goes on and he says, you have made it known to me the ways of life. You will make me full in the joy of your presence. Oh Lord, we just cry out to you. Men, brethren, Peter says, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us today. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up a Christ to sit on the throne. And he, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Jesus, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor his flesh see corruption. This Jesus was raised up, of which we were all, Witnesses. Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We were all witnesses of Jesus being raised up. Oh, Lord, how can we thank you for this outpouring this morning? How can we, Lord? How can we go, Lord? Jesus just cried out. Peter cried out. Friday night, people were in here travailing and crying out to God, and they were in one accord. And God touched them. It was a move of God like I'd never seen before in here. I mean, I've seen moves of God in different places. But Friday night's move was something I had never seen in this house before, and it was absolutely phenomenal. And it's what we need to go for. God's Spirit has talked to me. There's going to be some pruning in this house. There's going to be some people that are here you may never see again. 
in these walls. But there's going to be new people coming in because God has anointed them. And just like everything, if fruit is not being bared, the Holy Spirit is not being poured out. God just trims the tree back. Like when they harvest grapes, they cut the branch all the way back because it'll never grow grapes again on that branch. Sometimes we need to, to do that. Sometimes there's things in our lives that we need to cut off that we need to trim away. Because the only way the Holy Spirit's going to come in and, uh, and pour out on you like they did in that upper room is if you're cleansed. If you're cleansed, I mean, you can sit in here and say, I'm cleansed, I feel great. And then you can go out the door and then throw it all away. That's up to you. But Peter just goes on and he says that Jesus is never going to see corruption. He said, we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, he's talking about Jesus, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured this out, which you now see and hear. So those in the upper room, they experience seeing through the tongues of fire. But they also heard it like a mighty rushing wind. David did not ascend into heavens, but he himself said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Talking about Jesus, he said, I'll make the, the earth your footstool. Your enemies will be under your feet. You have the ability to receive this power. Each and every one of you that really believes in Jesus can receive it and use it for his kingdom, for his glory, not your glory. It isn't about you. There is nothing in your life that is about you. It's about Jesus. Amen. And if you make it about you, then you're not really with Jesus. Because it has to be about Jesus. Everything you do, you have to look and reflect. Is Jesus accepting what I'm doing? Is he pouring out his Holy Spirit? Is his Holy Spirit guiding me? Yeah, his Holy Spirit guides you. You sometimes just don't listen. But on this day of Pentecost, there was 120 in one accord. 120 people down, praying, and waiting for what God had for them. They all waited. There weren't people over in the corner texting each other. There weren't people making jokes. There weren't people laughing and giggling and taking selfies. No, they were down in one accord waiting for what God had for them. And he poured it out just like Joel said he would. And he'll pour it out on your life if you'll just go down 
and spend the time and wait for it. Amen. And use it. Each of you needs to experience your own day of Pentecost. I can't experience it for you. You have to do it. It has to be with you and God. But when you do it, when you experience that, you want to experience it again Amen. and again yeah. and again because you won't want to let it go. Your life will change. You'll no longer let the world corrupt you. You'll no longer let the ways of the world deceive you yep. because God is with you and he has given you power to fight that all off. Pentecost isn't a denomination. It's an experience that every blood-bought child of God needs to receive. You were bought. Amen. You're paid for. You're not your own. Amen. You belong to Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. There's no way you can consider yourself free other than Jesus. He bought you. You don't like that idea? Well then, don't live in the world. But we have the opportunity and the privilege of God pouring out his spirit again on all flesh. There's gonna be a move of God like we've never seen before. And the enemy is fighting it hard. The enemy is attacking people. People in this church are getting constantly spiritual warfare, constant attacks. Unfortunately, some fall into those attacks and they're knocked down. And others fight it off, but it hurts. But God said, hey, what I have for you can overcome because we are overcomers. We are overcomers. We are victorious through Christ. There's no victory without Jesus. Amen. I mean, if our worship team knew, knew these old songs, we'd be singing victory in Jesus. Amen. You know, they don't want to get out the red back hymnal and go for it. There is an experience after salvation. Salvation is an experience, but it's not something that once you're saved, you're always saved. Amen. No, no, no. You can walk away from that. Your life can change. You can go back into darkness. You can go back into the world. But there's an experience and an encounter with the Holy Spirit that I know some of you have never, never had. And it's not that God's not willing to give it to you. It's you're not willing to receive it because it's going to make things change in your life. It's going to make things change. It's going to make things that you do, attitudes that you have, relationships at work with people you know. It's going to change things. 
It just happens that way. But this Holy Spirit, when you receive Jesus and you receive the gift of salvation and you surrendered your will to Christ, the Holy Spirit came to dwell within you. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, one lives in you if you have truly surrendered yourself to Jesus. One dwells in you. And then you can call upon this Holy Spirit and ask. And the Holy Spirit will pour out even more for you, a revelation, a power, an anointing to get you out there. That, because each and every one of you have had divine appointments. You've been standing in a line somewhere. You've been talking to somebody somewhere, and you feel it in your spirit. Tell them about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will give you the power to do it, because we're too shy to do it sometimes on our own. We're too worried sometimes about offending somebody. What kind of offense would it be to a friend of yours if they died and went to hell because you didn't tell them about Jesus? Who's offended then? Like I said, God knows all. He knows exactly what you're thinking right now. Some of you are thinking, oh, I wish he'd finish so I could go eat. But Jesus says, no, wait in Jerusalem. I'm going to pour out my power. It's coming from God. It's the gift he promised you. And this promise he will fill. We need to remember we have to reach the lost. And the only way to do it is with the power from on high. Amen. Like I said. The power of Pentecost. What did Jesus tell them? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The only way you can stand up and witness for Jesus is with this power. You can't do it on your own. Yeah, you can walk around, la, 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 I'm a Christian, it's nice to see you. <laughs> That's all you can do. Because you won't have the power that God has for you. The modern day church has lost this. They're more worried about being seeker friendly, not offending anybody. You don't talk about sin, they don't talk about hell. They talk about how to balance your checkbook. How to be a good neighbor. You want to be a good neighbor? Save your neighbor from, from eternal damnation. Tell them about Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I mean, Samson, those people didn't know he lost his power. I mean, religion has no power. They had all the religious stuff. Religion has no power. There's no power in any of it. I mean, I spent all my early years going to church. I went to Sunday school. I got all the little ribbons up and down my suit. I think it was 12 or 11 years of Sunday school. 
That didn't do anything. What it did do is it did plant Jesus in my head. So when I lived in such darkness that I needed to come out of it, at least I knew who to talk to. Who got me out. Because I sat down and I prayed for years. Jesus, save me from this. Save me from this. Nothing happened. Nothing at all. And then I said, Jesus, if you take away this and save me, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And it was gone. Cigarettes, addiction, all that stuff was gone. The next morning I woke up and I knew I was a new creation. And it's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's because of that. No longer did I live in darkness, but now I lived in the marvelous light of Christ. And then he had me do things. I mean, picture this. I'm in a church of 1,300, 1,400 people. And my pastor comes up to me and says, you're in charge of the care ministry. Which at that time would be what you call today hospitality. Me, in charge of the people greeting the people at the door. You talk about needing power from on high. Supernatural. <laughs> I had 40 ministers under me. 40, well, they weren't ministers. 40 care ministers, lay ministers, people that greeted. We had like six teams. And there were 40 of them. And I was in charge of them. And now he has me planning a church and pastoring a church. And everybody's conception is a pastor has to be nice. A pastor has to be sweet. (laughs) A pastor has to have grace. This pastor's got to build a house. I need hammer and nails. God knew what he was doing. Holy. I mean, Jesus didn't turn over the tables in the temple once. There's two different occasions in scripture, and he probably did it a bunch more. And the first time he turned them over in John chapter 2, he built a whip, and he whipped the people. Because they cut down the worship. Because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. They cheapened everything. But as his ministry went on, he taught the apostles. He worked with them. And he said, go and wait. Go and wait. 500 people started waiting, 120 were left. We had five here Friday night waiting. And the outpouring came. Because the Holy Spirit just wants to come over you. I mean, God loves you so much. 
And if he can love somebody like me, he got to love you. <laughs> but I won't put up with craziness. I just won't. So Pentecost comes. And what's in that power of Pentecost? What's there? I mean, the devil got bound up. Mickey Mouse religion got bound up. The day of restoration came. It came for everybody. You want to be restored? There's the power. Be restored. There was the worshiping power of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's here to help you worship in spirit and truth because that's all he'll accept. He's not going to accept you standing up and giving him lip service and singing the song. No, he wants spirit and truth coming out of you. Amen. I mean, the chief aim of worship is to worship God. The devil, he's deceiving people. He's telling worships about singing little songs, getting yourself a nice little this, a little of that. I mean, you go to church. You sit in a, you sit in a chair. Some of you stare at the back of somebody's head. You barely whisper. You pretend to sing a song. Then you hear some meaningless lecture or sermon about something that has nothing to do with you and you fight to stay awake. That's not worship. That's not worship. You just become a spectator then. We need spectators. We got spectators online. But here, we got people that actually have an opportunity to get into the spirit, the same spirit that dwells in here Amen. and worship God with all they have. Thank you, Lord. To surrender everything they got to him and give him everything they have. Tell God how much you love him. The Holy Spirit is here to help you make that communication with God. Because I can't make the communication for you. You have to make your own. Mm -hmm. When I worship God, I worship God. And it's just between me and him. Yeah, we may be in a crowd of hundreds. We may be standing next to each other sweating and watching this team perform and everything else. But we're still worshiping one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. And God is still receiving one on one. He's still receiving your worship like it's the only worship he's hearing. That's how much you mean to him. That's how important you are. Otherwise, he wouldn't have bothered pouring out his spirit upon you. Otherwise, he wouldn't have bothered giving you the spirit. And then we have the warning power of the Holy Spirit or the warning power of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit will help you warn people of the dangers of hell 
the dangers of the lake of fire. How in the world can people claim to love God and serve God and have no concern about the lost people around them? You can't. You can't. If you have much of the Holy Spirit in you, you won't be still. It'll always keep stirring in you. Like Sophie said Friday night, I feel fire burning in me. Something was stirring. Something was stirring in Sister Chris as she was laying there on the floor just travailing. Something was stirring. Now it's not always that drastic. But there's always something stirring. There's always that urge. Will you just say, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. I mean, what they ought to do is make these cell phones now. Every time you take a selfie, all the picture you get is Jesus. You stand in a group, take a picture, and all you see is Jesus. That's all there is. When you look in the mirror, you see Jesus. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God, there'll be a drive in you like you've never experienced before. It's going to be the only thing. I mean, people are, sometimes get sick and tired of Christians coming around because they're always talking about Jesus. Well, I'm not inviting him to the house. My gosh, he's going to talk about Jesus for two hours. I'm not going out to the restaurant with them. They're going to talk about Jesus. And I want to talk about this. If there's going to be that burning, that desire to do it, if you saw your neighbor's house on fire, would you just sit quietly and wait and watch? Or would you try to wake them up or do something to quench the situation. Of course you would. Well, you have that same opportunity if you have respect for life, respect for humanity. You have to look at a situation and say, what would Jesus do here? How can I be like Jesus? How can I respond in this situation and be like Jesus? I mean, it was very difficult for me because when I got saved, I worked in Miami. I worked at a company that sold prepaid calling cards. And if you remember the days of using them, you would buy a $5 phone card, which was really a $3 card that you paid $5 for. It. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, would, you would talk for a few minutes and you would get disconnected and then you'd call back and you'd get another first minute fee hit on you. Mm -hmm. So if you're calling the Philippines on one of those, you probably got a five or eight minute phone call and that was about it for your five hours. But then I worked in a room where off-color jokes 
were quite common. Were the picking on people. My one boss was Palestinian. The other one was Egyptian. And when 9-11 hit, Palestinian, every time he got in his car, got pulled over. But the thing is, they had all that off-color jokes. You had all that going around you. And you're supposed to be a Christian, so how do you, how do you respond to that? They knew I was different. They knew something had happened, that something had changed, that the Spirit had poured himself out. So you just have to be what Jesus would be there. They respected me, I respected them. They soon stopped with the off-color jokes around me. They soon stopped with all the other very fleshly garbage that was going on. And it went on. And a few of us walked out of there as born again and believers because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you think, it's available to you too. The power of Pentecost is a witnessing power. It gives you that power. Because through the Holy Spirit, you become fearless. You become fearless, all that timid. Oh, I don't know if I should say that to them. That kind of stuff just goes away. Because the Holy Spirit gets in you and says, oh, you are the greatest witness I've ever had. You're greater than sliced bread to me. You just go in there and do it because I know you can do it. This is God talking to you. You know, you just do what I need you to do. And he, God just fills you with this power. And you go do it. And you come back and, oh, God, that was great. Let's do it again. And begin, you go from being weak and scared to stand up for Christ. Paul said, you cannot be ashamed of the gospel. If you're ashamed of the gospel, trust me, you ain't going to see heaven. That ain't happening. I don't know how, it could, how you could think it would. You can't be ashamed of Jesus. And you can't let the world control your life. You can't let the desires of the flesh burn inside you. It has to be the power of the Holy Spirit that guides you. So the question is, has you, have you received your Pentecost? Amen. Have you received your Pentecost? It's a special gift. Acts 2, 38, Peter says, the promise is unto you if you are a Christian, if you are saved, the gift of the Holy Spirit is for you. It's a special gift from Jesus. It's for the sinner.
because God so loved the world, he sent Jesus here for you. Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Receiving Jesus will give you the power of being a real child of God. You are his child. Remember that when you're out in the world being tempted by the temptations of the world, that you belong to Jesus. And you have the power and the ability to overcome any temptation. Let's stand.